It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On presents more than the game. Welcome to Locked On Presents, more than a game. February is Black History Month and Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of all Black people in sports. This is part of a weekly series of interviews, conversations, and roundtables covering opportunity, activism, protest, and Black history in sports. I'm Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball. And I am Candice Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels. We are here to talk about the experiences, opportunities, or lack thereof, and power of Black women in sports. We'll celebrate the achievements and highlight the challenges with a true and honest look at sports media and our presence in it. Opportunity for Black women in sports media. You know, I feel like it's a roller coaster. Um, There are moments where... I have felt very appreciated and welcome in this space, mostly when I surround myself with other Black women or women of color. And there's a really great energy and sisterhood, if you will, that exists. But I also believe, or and I also believe, that that sisterhood exists because there are a lot of factors that I know I have faced being, and and I believe are attributed to me being a black sports, multimedia sports journalist. And as an example, um, you know, the, the term for the culture is used a lot and everyone likes, you know, whatever they want to call them using air quotes here, like urban culture or hip hop culture. And a lot of times that is driven by black women whose work then is not fully appreciated or credited. And that's a huge problem. We saw that with, um, I guess it was the NBA all-star game and TikTok dances and women not getting their credit. And there's actually a history. I'm, I studied political science and, and history. So there's a lot of history in that. And so it makes it difficult to sometimes be my full energetic knowledgeable self because it's almost like this rattling in my brain knowing that history and seeing it play out in having some of my work basically co-opted so that's um, the give and take the push and pull but again that sisterhood is extremely important and also there are historical ties to that of black women women of color and even women generally having to hold each other down. So I think that it is important for that sisterhood to exist, but I would like for people to understand and appreciate why the sisterhood needs to exist and to give black women credit for what they bring to the space, to offer black women and women of color opportunities when they are doing side by side the same work as young white men 
um, sometimes younger than them with less time in the game than them. And um, that's what I hope to see, but that has been my experience. So Candace, I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, I've been in the radio game for like four and a half, five years now. I've been an athlete my entire life. So just representation in terms of being a black swimmer, it was different, right? So I'm used to being different. Um, I didn't know that the industry would be so, uh, let me remind you every chance I get how different you are. Um, so that's that was my tough adjustment. And then just being in the audio space, right? Being in radio, you don't see when, like I can't sit here and tell you there is a local radio show with a black woman leading the charge. She might be, you know, a great sub, uh, sidekick, but that you can't name one or two where you're like, yes, every day I look at Chicago, New York, or some sort of major city, and I know a Black woman talking about sports every day. And it's not because there aren't talented women, you know, they look like, oh, you're such a pioneer. I'm, there's millions, <laughs> hundreds of women who've came before me who just never got their shot and opportunity. And so I think it's hard sometimes to be in that weird, like, imposter syndrome place because you know it exists. Like, you know there have been women who have carried this load and just unfortunately didn't get their due. And I'm just very much team give me my flowers while I can still smell them. Like, I do not want to be 55 and everyone's like, have you heard of can't like, no, mm -mm. <laughs> like I want to be, and I want to do that for other women. Right. Like I don't like women in their 60s, 70s. Like it's great. Right. You're a seasoned vet, like all that good stuff. But there's so many women doing good work right now that I think if there was ever a time for it to be lit, to be a black girl, it's now, like I always say, <laughs> I think I, I got interviewed like two years ago and I said that I'm like what a time like I know we look at the VP and all that good stuff like she's great too but when you look at sports media just having some pioneers really come in and just change the game and do it their way a lot of ways we thought that that four letter you know brand name was going to be the it the pinnacle and then see so many women kind of carving out their own lane kind of doing it themselves and I think that's inspirational you know, it's hard too, though, because you know that it comes with a lot. <laughs> being an entrepreneur, being someone who has to hustle as a female, it's different. Like you have to sell yourself in a different way because like I don't want to come off too sexual and I don't want like an invitation where it's like an opportunity for you to flirt with me and think that it's in, like that's how I want to advance. I can't be, you know, too hard up where it's like, oh, well, she's just a B word. Like she's just so aggressive. Like it's just such a dynamic where you're always having to second guess yourself. And truly, I feel like if you don't know who you are before you get into this industry, <laughs> somebody is going to try and tell you. And so I'm so glad I'm kind of doing this in my later 20s, early 30s, where I'm like, okay, I know myself a little bit better because if I was just starting out, <laughs> I can only imagine how my brain was, you know, when I was young and hot stuff. I just don't think it would have hit the same. So I appreciate it differently. Mm -hmm. I feel that for sure. Um, you know, and I love that. Like it, it definitely is lit to be black <laughs> and to be a black woman. And like, but again, we've been known that uh, to your point. And, you know, I, I, I just would love for people to stop acting like they don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all know, y'all know, because again, uh, culture is run through black women, women of color in so many ways, fashion, uh, slang, just so many things. And yet it's, you know, multi mainstream media and multi-million billion dollar companies sans black women that end up being, uh, seen as the driver of that culture. So I'm, I'm here for hashtag team more melanin 
<laughs> and as you said, our flowers and getting our yeah, just desserts. A hundred percent. And I think that, you know, oftentimes we're told like, okay, we'll just be happy. Somebody acknowledged you. And it's like, no, that's just not how it works. Right. It's just not like a high five. Someone used your work. No, right. I want to use my own work, you know, and celebrate my own self and tell my own stories or even have a platform to tell other stories. Yes. I think so often they're like, I want to know everything, you know, and because like you have access to a certain type, like even go athletes example, interviewing. And it's like, as a black woman, I might have a different way to garner a different kind of interview because of my experiences as well. But yeah, it's like, no, you just want everything that I'm going to ask and use that. And that's just so like, how, how do you live with yourself? Listen, <laughs> it, I, I had to like react to that because that is so real. And you also mentioned being an athlete. I was an athlete as well. And I think that that has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Also being an athlete and just, you can sometimes get a vibe sometimes you read that body language and yes, the athlete more or less is going to (laughs) hold up their end of the bargain, but you got it. Sometimes you got to get in and you got to get out, but you also have to be able to read when an athlete wants to talk about more, but it's especially virtually uh, in, in what we're doing now with scrums being, you know, everything with video and stuff. I always try to make a point to if I'm tweeting or even in my own on my own platforms using an answer that came from someone else's question to as much as possible give credit. Yeah. Um, Because I just think that's the proper thing to do. That person came with that idea or they're reacted to something in that scrum. And that is not something that all people do. And I actually had an exchange with someone and they were like well you know when I I was covering a women's sport women's hockey and the person is like well for what it's worth you know in my other spaces we we don't do that and I was like well I I can't speak for where you are elsewhere but it's best believe if people are noticing that I'm asking a question and then you turn that into a whole article that then you get paid for and I don't I, I mean, I'm just saying like a little bit, just as you said, offering up the flowers and being like, hey, you know, Erica or Candice asked this dope question and this led to, you know, it's, it's so simple to do. And for some reason, we just don't do it as an industry. And I've, I, maybe I, I'm just, you know, um, I, I feel very closely and, and strongly about this, but I feel like, especially when it's black women, like giving and offering that credit and we often have to work harder. I mean, there are a lot of ways that you see if we are independent or if we are with an outlet that focuses on black culture, that sometimes our access is different. And I've seen this play out. I I'm independent. And if I go on to, or into a scrum, or I ask for an interview and I say, I'm with this place. Okay. Got you. No problem. Same Erica, same name, same email, same everything go and say, I'm writing for this or speaking for this. And it's like, well, uh, we'll see if we can get you in. And I'm like, really? (laughs) Listen, that happened to me. So covering Locked on Tar Heels, right? Went to Carolina, swam in Carolina, first black girl to ever swim in Carolina, all those accolades, all that resume stuff. Cool. Right. So I go to apply for credentials for the Orange Bowl. I've covered Carolina in my past. Like I worked for, you know, a certain affiliate and it was like, yeah, Candace, like get your credentials. I had to work harder because they were like, oh, well, you know, poor little black girl, but whatever. I got them. 
turn around, come to work for this network, which is so amazing. They've been like the biggest family for me. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, we don't exactly want to like give you the opportunity. I'm like, well, hell, this is four years better. This is even like, I have better questions, right? I have better content to bring you. Right. And yet here we are where it's just, it's such a like label <laughs> obsessive, whoever you are obsessive kind of culture, which is gross because at the end of the day, like you, I go back to the point you made about credit. You don't know what that tweet could do for you. That door mm-hmm. it could open that mm-hmm. access to be like, well, dang, she asked a hella good question. I want to see more about her work. They could read another article that could take you, you know, you never know. And so I think that's what the whole idea of acknowledge me is because I have so much brilliance to offer, but a lot of times it's just, it's such a hard road to navigate for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think essentially what we're talking about is gatekeeping. And that's huge in the sports industry. And some of that is kind of baked into the culture and to an extent makes sense. Um, But I think, you know, I know one of the other things that we wanted to talk about is representation. And I think that's a place where representation really matters. Generally speaking, people that come from backgrounds where they've had to work independent and not just through mainstream media and are familiar with, you know, writing uh, and cutting and, and editing their own work and then turning that around, they have a different perspective. And it's also true that generally speaking, women or black women or women of color are going to be more thoughtful and conscious of giving opportunities and broadening the, the opportunities because theoretically in, in media, what the job is, is to highlight, in our case, the sport. And that should mean that the more coverage that you get, the better. But I get the sense that there's a tipping point of the more coverage from specific people or specific places, the better. And that gatekeeping becomes really difficult. And I believe that it is because of a lack of representation. How many women, but how many black women do media companies, do sports teams have in decision-making positions? And then are they not are they only kind of the front line so you know your PR rep but are they also in the C-suite but then also throughout and throughout the entire spectrum um I again I come from the hockey space as well as women's basketball and I think that what you see the Seattle Kraken doing is really inspiring because they are being intentional and thoughtful in bringing diversity, everything from analytics to broadcast. And that's not what we see very often. Mm -hmm. And so while representation is important, I do think that it can also be harmful when you're not willing to acknowledge that culture change is necessary within your own organization, within our society, because, okay, you know, boom, you are a Kamala Harris, or you are a Willie O'Ree, or a Blake Bolden, Don Staley coaching USA basketball. That's great. We love our firsts, okay, especially, you know, we're in that first 
the first group, our sorority as right. well. But so we love every, we love a good first. Yeah. However, how long is it going to take for the next? And that is a matter of culture. And if you're only placing someone in a position, and this has nothing to do uh, truly with their credentials, because oftentimes they're overqualified right. and they've been in the game much longer than their their peers. So putting that to the side, what is the company, what is the organization doing to support fully and embrace fully um, the idea of representation and diversity from a cultural perspective? Because if you're still excusing or ignoring the microaggressions, the um, assumptions, the way that people communicate at, to, and about that particular first, then you're not really doing the, you're not really doing the work. <laughs> you're right. not doing the work of equity. You're not doing the work of racial and social um, justice. Absolutely. And you know, you talk about representation and being the first is always great. But I feel like oftentimes that people say one and okay, we're good. People say mm -hmm. one, we've got it. Like, okay, stop complaining. Like you right. see this person. So why are you upset? <laughs> like, why, why are you making noise? And like the whole culture <laughs> thing is like, okay, do you not understand that? Yes, it could be okay to have five black women in your organization. That would not ruffle a single feather by me, right? Like you can absolutely do that because, hey, guess what? You have five, at least, if not more white men doing their thing. You have Hello. five <laughs> black men sometimes doing their thing. So like, why is it such a thing to say, hey, if we have multiple black women doing something because for our sake, like you talk about that sisterhood, it's nice to be able to just talk to somebody where you can undo the code switch, where you can just be yes. yourself, Ooh. let your hair down and just say, hey, you're going through what I'm going through. How can we best navigate together? I see you and I'm going to ensure that we get to the next level or wherever we got to go. Right. And so I've been in a lot of organization for me, it's like regional. So like Southern culture is old, white, Southern and very Oh, just frustrating <laughs> to say the least. And so a lot of them have come out of ways, but at the same time, you have people who have inherited thoughts that are just, yeah, it's not changing. Cause I look at the NFL and like, that's my wheelhouse. I love football. I like, that's my thing. I love a good open field tackle. I love somebody that <laughs> like, I love football. And so many times football has looked at me dead in my face and said, F you <laughs> in so many different Ooh. ways. It looked at my culture and said, I don't care that you want more people in your front office. I don't care that you want more coaches. I don't care that you still put your hand, like you still allow players who put their hands on women. Like mm. that's so many times where I'm just like, you just don't care about me. And yet I'm busting my tail to try and get into that space. Why? Like it makes you have to sit back and be like, do I really want to be right. in something that doesn't allow for me to grow? Wow. Try to always like, you know, give me a ceiling. And it's, it's hard. It's hard to really like go hard for something when I step back especially this year like the pandemic was like very much eye-opening keeping a perspective covering like college athletes and you're like I for one am like all about pro I mean student athletes voicing their opinion but the backlash of it is just like know your role is like is it always going to come down to that right mm -hmm. when we talk about representation is it always going to be down to like yeah we'll get you in but we don't want you to speak up like we will get you in but we only want to put you in hr that, <laughs> that part put you in dei roles like we that part put you in situations where you can clean stuff up for us like you look at dallas mavericks you look at cynthia marshall like you look, come in clean up our mess and go about your way don't make too much noise mm. you gotta check
sex. So be happy. Mm. Like that shouldn't be all there is to life. Like how, how are you growing as a group? <laughs> like Exactly. You right. And that's the thing that is wild to me. And again, <laughs> there is a whole history lesson that I could drop for anyone interested. Well, you can, you're welcome to my Ted talk on why that is because yeah. that is baked into everything from the United States constitution to our culture, uh, to our uh, laws. I mean, segregation laws, these are real things. This isn't, you know, me being like, Oh, well, she looked at me some type of way, or, you know, he stepped out of line when he said X, Y, Z. No, this is real. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. to, believe that that then doesn't penetrate business is not is a lack of acknowledgement and understanding about how specifically United States culture and society runs. So we know that these things are baked in. And it's wild to me that there is this insistence in keeping the status quo, despite evidence that diversifying on so many levels, right? If we were talking on an economic podcast and we were like diversify, 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 people would be like, oh yes, yes, of (laughs) course. That's what you need to do because X, Y, Z. But when you talk about that with human capital, as far as personnel, all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't really, do we really need to? And I'm like, okay, y'all are talking off out of both sides now. And I just, I'm trying to understand but also I understand, but I need you to understand that this is, whether you want to own that or not, we all have been, and this is another thing that we have to be real about. We have all been conditioned to accept a certain um, standard. And it's all about how we operate and acknowledging the privilege that that standard has offered us but what we're willing to do to change it so that even more people are awarded the opportunity um, to to make a career of what we get to do. But I also think that it's hard because what we always have to ask ourselves as black women is like, clearly this ish stinks. So like, how are we going to make it? Like we literally have burdens to carry that Mm. shouldn't be. And it's like, okay, you see it being BS. Are you going to make something better about it? Like you shouldn't have to do it. It's not your, it's not yours. You shouldn't have to try and fix it. You are not captain safe anything. Hmm. And yet here we are being like, all right, let me tell you how it goes, how it's supposed to go and how we're going to fix. Like we have to do that. And that's a, I I told the line of being like, I'm tired. (laughs) Like I'm tired because- I, you're, insulting my intelli- you're insulting my intelligence. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is exhausting, but that goes back to the sisterhood yeah. and why it's so important. And yes, there are people that work in allyship with us. And I mean, even how we open this space and the thought that went into this conversation really mm-hmm. truly being a conversation between you and I, I mean, that's an example of how to tip the scales and how to lift that burden is by using and utilizing, and all of us can do this, utilizing our platforms to make it a little bit easier for somebody else to introduce a new perspective to our audience. And again, for whatever reason, it seems like that uphill battle, right? We're rolling that boulder uphill when it comes to getting to that level throughout all of sports media. 
A hundred percent. And I also believe that every woman has her story. Every woman has a story that somehow you can all bring back full circle, like relates to trying to break through and trying to overcome some sort of obstacle. And I think as long as you keep that in perspective, especially because, you know, we can keep it a band. All women don't get along all the time. And that's okay. Very true. <laughs> Everybody's not your sister. Like, not to tell. <laughs> my cousin taught me every sister's not a sore, every sore is not a sister. I had to learn that very much soon early. Okay. So I think it's just learning that, yes, while you do want the sisterhood to be great, recognize that there are women that are not going to be there. But what, what mission are you on? What is your mission? Like, where, what is your focus? You were going to find, you, the world is going to draw people that are supposed to be, you know, on your side and trying mm-hmm. to get you in the right direction. You have, you know, men allies who are going to be there to push you in the right direction. And it's not always easy. It's not going to be easy, but I think it's important to have these conversations, like you said, because if we don't, we'll, we'll never get anywhere. <laughs> like, I think so. I always, I teeter. I think I'm just going through this emotional, you know, seesaw right now where it's just like, mm-hmm. I'm tired, but I also know that nothing changes by me doing nothing. Like nothing changes right. by having the conversation. Nothing changes if I don't still put myself out there and still trying to say, hey, just another day, step forward. Sometimes it's not always the biggest step, but just another day where you conquered, right? Another day where yeah. you reached out to somebody where you tried to say, hey, how can I help? Or, you know, vice versa. Did I add somebody on Twitter when I made a connection? Like, I think those are the little things that people can do. And can I ask for support and ask for help? And like, mm. you know, those, that's hard too. <laughs> Nobody Ooh. wants to ask for help all the time, but I think it's about support. Like it's free. Support is so free. So I think mm. whenever we're talking about how to help black women in the space, like it's just nothing to retweet our work. It's nothing to amplify our voices, have us on podcasts, not just on black history month, like have us on podcasts, <laughs> you know, okay. when, we, when we do have knowledge of certain things like hockey, who would know that you are like, you know, the savant of hockey? Why not give us an opportunity to share that knowledge, right? Like if there's ever an opportunity, like I used to work for the Carolina Hurricanes. I'm like, listen, y'all need somebody? I got my girl Erica. Like, and that's how it works. Because <laughs> exactly. oftentimes we see some of the people's networks, it's nothing but a phone call. So we need to start mm-hmm. getting in that space where it's nothing but a phone. Oh, you need somebody? I got you. You need, you know, a male voice who can do walk, talk about New Orleans? I got Ross. Like, I have those people that I'm always going to push forward because that's what they, like, that's what it does. That's what they do, right? I love that. that. Yeah, I love that. And there's something that you said that reminded me of, um, I believe it's a James Baldwin quote, you know, like, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed unless it's faced. And, you know, I think that's talking about being tired, but, you know, I think the perspective and as you also mentioned, you know, the, the, um, what the goal is, what the, the ultimate destination is. And sometimes, sometimes you have to tap out and be like, as you said, go into that, you know, digital Rolodex or whatever yeah. and be like, okay, Candace got this. I'm a, I'm a tap out. Yeah. Or, you know, Erica got this, so I can tap out, but yeah. it's, it's a constant struggle and it is hard sometimes because I know for me, I do notice people that don't seem to get caught up in that. And I'm like, well, dang, what y'all do with all that extra time? Because <laughs> and also like, why doesn't this bother you? Can we have that conversation? Mm, I feel like yes. so many that are like, well, I just don't see that. Or it just doesn't pertain to me. But that's the problem as well. Like, I need you to mm. understand, like, you don't have to pity me, but you can acknowledge that I have 
you know, there's a spot right here that's right. a little more sensitive, right? I do take yes. to the fact that there are things that I have to overcome that you will never understand. And that's okay, but acknowledge that for me. <laughs> like, don't mm-hmm. just sit here and say, oh, Candace is just so strong. The Black woman is just so strong. Like, all of that narrative got to go. Like, I'm not my ancestors because my ancestors went through like hell and back. Like, I can't even imagine having to go through certain things where just even looking like me would just get me, you know, in this bad situation. So like, yeah, I'm not them because I, I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even go through that. So I'm sitting here like looking at you like, hey, help me. You know, I'm trying to get an ally in this thing. Like I'm trying to be more vocal about it, but acknowledge me as well. Like I need that reciprocity. Yes, yes, <laughs> speak on it. forward what are takeaways for me and just importance for me is all about the sisterhood I think that's what it goes back to like it really Mm. is a bond that you have like it's it doesn't even have to be a spoken thing sometimes you can just look in a meeting or look in a press room look you know and you can just be like sis I you see it you saw it (laughs) you did be like "Mm, don't roll the eyes but also come on That is so real. That is so real. Yep. Um, And it's that, you know, feeling of trying to equalize a space that is so unequal, right? And to find the your bearings in a space that is so it it, it's almost feels as though and again historically has been created to keep us off kilter and off balance so that our success is not impossible because we we know better than that but it is harder to come by and it can be like you know that lightning strike Mm -hmm. and that's another thing speaking of firsts but also you know that longevity there are not a lot of black people that get to have longevity to your point about one versus five right it it almost feels like there's this arbitrary cap Mm -hmm. um which is interesting because then folks will turn around and be like well we don't believe in quotas i'll be like but y'all be setting them all the time like come on like (laughs) hello but like i said i'll have to put that in the ted talk for another day (laughs) no i 100 percent get that because i was so my dream job came up this past year I got an opportunity to be full-time radio full first full-time gig all that good stuff in Houston Texas my dream city like SB everything is just like I'm on the top I busted my tail I've worked for free I've done the dirt Mm -hmm. like got it out the mud taught myself everything about this like whole game like I'm just living on a high 90 days in a whole pandemic just wipes all that away and so I talked to one, you know, you know, fellow black man in this league or in this industry. And he was just literally like, it could just never happen again. And I had to sit with that because, mm. <laughs> you know, as a black woman, you're like, oh yeah, well, no, eventually. But then there's a reality of, I can never be a full-time radio host again. And I have to make peace with that because of mm. the nature of where our industry still is. Wow. And so it's hard sometimes to be like, you know, apply for jobs or look for, you know, other opportunities in radio and have to sell myself again. I'm like, I, I, you know, it's the whole, you know, universal 
I'm frustrated that I'm even in this position. Like I had a long mm-hmm. monologues with the Lords. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I can't even believe you put me here in this situation. But then I look at like, okay, here's the outlet from locked on. Here's, you know, just your resource. Just try again, take the step mm-hmm. forward. If it's a step, let it be that. Like if it's a baby step, let it be that, but still keep going. And if you don't get a full-time gig again, how can you still be impactful? Like how can you still make, leave your mark? It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be on stage where you were just, you know, the it girl. Like, it doesn't have to be that, right? What is your intention behind what you're doing? And I think when you come back to it as a black woman, like, what is my purpose? What am I doing this for? Am I, am I the person that's just going to be here for the next group? And that may be your story and that's okay. <laughs> Cause everybody needs somebody they can lean on, learn from. But like, again, I hope we get our flowers while we can still smell them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's whew, real. Um, right? That's so <laughs> real because again, just as women, there are still these almost expectations of what we can and should do. And then thus what we cannot and should not do. And for me, my story is a little bit different because I came from um, a policy and advocacy background and I did that in college. And then in my first several years out of college um, and sports just kind of happened upon me. I mean, I played sports in college, but getting into the media side was really just out of curiosity. I started going to women's hockey games. My sister took me to a game and we had a good time. I had never really messed with hockey like that before. This is like six years ago too. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, in, in my timeline of sports, hockey is very new to me. Um, But then trying to follow the teams or the athletes, like I would like baseball is my sport. So mm-hmm. trying to follow the league, like I would major league baseball or look into the history. Like I would look into, I'm a Mets fan. I know Sorry. that's a whole, that's a whole nother thing. We could talk about another pot. Y'all just gonna have to keep bringing me back. Cause I got lots of things, but, um, but um, you know, trying to look into the hockey teams, like I would the Mets looking into the history, looking into, you know, all of the, the drama and stuff. And it just didn't exist. Mm-hmm. And when I would find those outlets, they were independent, very small, you know, as you said, kind of doing it for free. And then I would connect with these people. I'd be like, oh, I like what you're doing. And they'd be like, well, hey, come on our podcast. And I would be like, all right. And then they'd be like, oh, write a blog post for us. I'm like, sure, no problem. I got you. Mm -hmm. And then by that first season of me being a fan, like a season ticket holder, by the playoffs, I was a credentialed media member just Mm -hmm. because of taking opportunity and having that curiosity. And I know that's not going to be everyone's path, but I think it's still good advice is just to stay curious and to find people that know what you want to know. Um, and then find a way to share what you know, or what you wish other people knew in your own way. And that's really what has led me to a lot of opportunities. So it started in hockey, but now I'm doing locked on women's basketball. I'm writing for other outlets, like mainstream outlets. And people are, um, I've been very blessed where people will be like, Hey, you know, you know, this publication, why don't you write? 1200 words on this for us or you know and and I've 
because of my curiosity, I, I hope, I, I think, um, and because I'm just always asking questions and trying to find ways to amplify the parts of the conversation that I feel are missing. I think that that has created uh, an opportunity for me to be seen as an expert of sorts, but particularly when it comes to that intersection of sports and society and, and talking about race equity, gender equity, and that comes from my background. So I got two degrees and ain't none of them in journalism, but I like to think that I'm still uh, putting that hard work and dedication to education uh, to good use in yeah. sports. So that's kind of been my path. And again, my advice would be just to stay curious. I think being a lifelong learner is extremely important regardless of what you do. And it allows you to stay fresh and to stay sharp and to find uh, and maneuver through um, the places where you can really amplify your skill set. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what's really worked for me. A hundred percent. I think the last thing, you know, to bring it home for me is what you said about how you got started and you just had a curiosity. You just wanted to see what it was like there because of your thoughts and ideas. And so for so many women who have thoughts and ideas, there's a space for you. <laughs> it's that yes. simple. If there's something that you want to discuss and explore, there's a space for you. You know, if you have to knock down, create your own door, create your own office, C-suite, whatever, there's a space for you. Mm -hmm. And so I think you just have to remind yourself of that because I can believe and dream and also and try like there's a space for me. Yeah, that's really good advice, especially because, you know, I was looking at women's sports through the lens of just sports and how I see it. And so when I realized, uh, surprise, shocker, women's sports isn't covered like any boys or men's sports, yeah. it created that opportunity. But I think what I also realized and learned from that experience is, to your point, that you really have to look at the <laughs> oversaturation mm -hmm. of a wide variety of fully produced to raw as heck content that is accepted yeah. and embraced in men's boys and men's sports. Mm -hmm. And if ever you had a doubt <laughs> <laughs> that your iPhone video or your smartphone video interview can be something like, just put that to the side. Um, just do, just start because yeah. there's so many people, I, I mean, all of us are going to have access to different resources, but there's such a wide spectrum of people that are doing it in traditional sports. And it's all about what you know and and what you can bring. And so as long as you're prepared, as long as you're authentic, because authenticity matters as well, put all of that other stuff to the side. You can refine as you go, but you can't refine something that doesn't exist. <laughs> so that, that's start. a word. Let's leave with a word, honey. Okay. <laughs> she be dropping gems, y'all. Y'all gonna catch us on the back end. Now you're gonna have to listen to that one twice. Okay. <laughs> You know, made a you made a country girl come out because I'm like, wait I was like, oh wait a minute now, all right now, all right. see, okay, come on, <laughs> the collection. We going for the collection plate section now, okay. If you uh, if you or someone you love is looking for more Woo! words, it's yes. Erica, okay. Please, Erica, go ahead and drop where you got, girl, because we need to know where we can follow, get some old gems, child. Yes, okay, all right now, bringing me to the church. All right, let's do it, let's do it. But um, you can find me at. At e Lindsay 08. That's E L I N D S A Y 08. 
that's where I'm most active on Twitter. That's also my Insta. But what I'm really proud of is something that I created um, called uh, Social Justice Thursdays for Locked On Women's Basketball. And it was a perfect season to do that because the WNBA in particular had a whole social justice council. Yeah. But um, again, that's that's my space, right? I, I claim that, that block um, of that intersect yeah. uh, between equity and sports. So I'm really thrilled to be on Locked On Women's Basketball to offer that. Yeah, no doubt. Well, listen, mine is not as great as, you know, social justice, but I can only speak from my lived experiences. And that's what I bring from Locked on Tar Heels, right? Like I've seen so many athletes, I've seen so many stories and so many issues that we have going on at Carolina. So Locked on Tar Heels is where I'm mainly at. at Candace D. Cooper is where I just rip them all off. I, I love to do, say how I feel. And sometimes I have to go bark back, but I try not to. I think that's one of my gems. Like a lot of times you see women just want to go in on every time a man says something. You don't have to like it, it just I don't even worry about that like you just did you feel good about yourself for saying something about me oh, okay cool like you you got me <laughs> you can you live to see another day on that your twitter fingers are hardcore like you go <laughs> right so I just think it's like I'm gonna enjoy my space and I try and just follow anyone who follows me back especially in this industry male female whoever's just trying to get on especially people who look like me like we have to lift as we climb. We just have to offer mm -hmm. that avenue of just, you can be with us. Like there's no, oh, because I'm on a certain network or I'm certain, like literally we all trying to get where we got going. That's like, it. I nobody, love that. Nobody's running nothing around here just yet. Mm -mm. <laughs> but like, Wait on it there, though. Okay. But <laughs> until we get there, just know if I get on first, I'm, Erica, you coming? Oh, hey, listen, I'm I there. I have a plane. <laughs> I'm there, sis. Plane. Lift as we climb. I love there that. On some go. Asada energy. That's right. We got Period. nothing to lose but these chains. <laughs> Absolutely. Follow Locked On Presents on radio.com or wherever you get podcasts. Thank you again, Erica, for this conversation. I really appreciate it and just appreciate your time. And I, you got a friend in me. You have a sister in me. So whatever hey. you need, you know, I got you. Likewise. Thank you, Candace. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.